This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Snowsdale Radio Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk. And we're here to discuss Monday night's fixture of Crystal Palace against Manchester United. Sam Heskiff and Albert Curley had a panel once again this week. And we are also joined by Homesdale Radio Royalty. Yes, Chris Hambo-Hambling is here to review the Spurs match as, well, he just couldn't be bothered to do it on Sunday night. We'll also talk about preparing for life in the Championship, Brazilian goalkeepers, the lower Homesdale mystery, and we'll hear what Dave's been moaning about all week and much more. As always, before all of that, head over to homesdaleradionet forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I see you didn't quite like that, Albert. Mate, it was great. Well, done. I won't. I won't talk about the um, gesticulation that occurred on the camera. Who was gesticulating? <laughs> um, it was like you just seen Grant Ledbitter like run in front of the Homestyle. That's, that's a bit niche these days. I was going to say um, you got a serious beef with Grant Ledbitter. I hate Grant Ledbitter, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't you remember he scored a penalty for Middlesbrough at Sellers and then like run the length for the Homesdale, just like really giving it some. Yeah, but you know, there's been there's been worse ones. There, there probably have, but um, he always sticks in the mind. Um, right, we're going to start this week with <laughs> the the Steve Parrish quote being taken out of all sorts of contexts, as he said that we're preparing for life in the Championship. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I know. Heskiff, you've you've already prepared for life in the Championship, right? Yeah, I'm on dial-up at the moment. <laughs> uh, so if anyone can hear me, this is a massive bonus or a terrible thing for you. Snowmageddon has claimed his internet. It is. Paul, Paul Streatham is down in the dumps. St. Reatham, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Hambo. Yeah, um, it was well. Welcome to the show. It's nice to have you Thanks. on, as always. Um, was was Rorty a bit strong? No. <laughs> yeah, <yes. laughs> Definitely. 
Um, so, oh, well, it was obviously taken out of context. Was you surprised by the reaction on social media by all the Palace fans no, jumping on it immediately? I'm, I'm not surprised about it at all, no, because it's been the story of the season, isn't it? It's been really depressing watching our fans go off at the deep end at any possible excuse. And that sounds unfair because it's not... I am generalising. It's not every supporter, but I think those those predisposed to wanting to blame someone were absolutely delighted this week when they got to take some fairly you know bland quotes and uh, and run with it and uh, you know it does my head in. Yeah, I was. I liked the way in the the pre-match press conference today how Roy Hodgson just no nonsense again on a few things. This being one who's like, no, this is a quote you've taken out of context. Why are you even bothering questioning me about it? And I'm um, also talking, um, uh, someone saying that you said this and him just being like, no, I did not say that. I, I, he's a breath of fresh air. He really is in those conferences because he does it in a manner as well where it just doesn't come across as rude, weirdly. I don't know how he does that. I'll no, he well, treads that line sometimes, doesn't he, Terrence? So, I mean, there's that famous BBC clip where he's definitely rude. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's, you know, if you're you're pushing too far where the guy had clearly like pushed a button. You know, it's, it's nice that, you know, someone go off in every now and then. And, you know, Hambo is suggesting that people go off sometimes. I mean, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, one person who um, will hope that we're not preparing for life in the championship is um, Diego Cavalieri. And um, it's been suggested that he is close to signing. Um, Albert, do you know much about um, Brazilian goalkeepers? Oh, mate, this podcast isn't long enough. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe they've told him that we're preparing to win a championship and he thinks we're going all out for the league next year. Um, That could be it. Well, listen, why not? I'll be honest, I know nothing about him, um, but he's a goalkeeper, so welcome aboard. Uh, talking of goalkeepers, um, Vicente Guefa, I was like, oh, look, he's kept another clean sheet. And then um, I looked at the lineups and um, he wasn't he wasn't playing. So he joined in the Palace trend already and got injured. <laughs> or he's just that good. Yeah. He wasn't, just, he wasn't playing and he was still responsible for a, a, just, a, a Getafe clean sheet. Just coaching the other goalkeeper from behind the goal. Exactly that. What to do, yeah. Um, well, whatever happens, I'm sure both of them, both of those goalkeepers will be really concerned about Lower Holmesdale members not being able to buy their season tickets. Um, Heskiff, <laughs> you're near the danger zone in the Holmesdale. Um, what do you make of all this, not being able to buy your ticket? I know you've been particularly furious. Yeah, I'm a, it's, it's a bit annoying. It wasn't a great start to the day before I'd even seen the starting eleven. Um, and obviously there are a lot of rumours floating about um, as to why the Lower Homesdale is not on sale yet. Um, one of which is the theory that the being more central. Um, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But I just think I, I'd like more clarity um, from the club. I don't think they should just say you can't do it because it, it brings up a lot of questions. You know, can does that mean we have less time price or extended for that are we gonna are people gonna have to move um getting sort of a reasonable explanation the more stressed out everyone's gonna get so um unless albert gets booted out in which case <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I don't think they're going to do that to him. But, um, you know, we, we can always press for it. What do you reckon? How, how are you playing a drum, Albert? Not too bad, actually. <laughs> it's all in the wrist, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise taught him. Um, Hambo, this, mm. is this just another, um, but, you know, add to your list of reasons why the Arthur Waits better than Holmesdale? I'm going to tiptoe around this one, Terence, if I may, because I, I do know a bit about this from from a friend of mine who I, I'm not going to give away any details. But um, because what I will say is, anyone who's kind of pointing the finger directly at the HF would probably be making an assumption that they know what's going on that they don't. Um, so th- that you have to be a bit careful there. I think. Is your what, friend in the HF? <laughs> whatever happens, I I would just say that it's very. I wouldn't I wouldn't say the club has got a history of letting people down with regards to to you know their season tickets. Um, I think though, unless you're, I suppose you're one of the people who bought the long term season ticket, you might feel a bit differently about that statement. But generally speaking, price wise and and structure wise, the club have always tried to do the right thing. I think. I think it's a sort of, um, you know, it's it's not exactly a secret that the HF for a number of years have wanted to move. And I don't believe the move is, is sort of directly behind the goal in an equivalent place. I think what they want is to stop losing their atmosphere um, from being away from under a roof. I think that's the general consensus, as I understand it, that they would like to be at the back of of a block and preferably a central block behind a goal, as is the kind of tradition for groups like that. But I'll be honest, you know, from what I understand, they don't really even know if that's what this is about. Um, so the club have obviously got something that they're looking at um, and they haven't decided on how to do it. So it leaves people in limbo. And I think whenever people are in limbo, they can get understandably a bit, sort of nervous and you do you get attached to your seat don't you i mean albert you're you're in block e and if the rumors are true it's blocky that's affected you think you know what's what possible reason would you want to give up your seat you know um no nothing i can think of certainly certainly nothing that's out of my control but uh yeah i mean in block e on sunday yeah it was obviously it was the hot topic and uh yeah you see i mean if they're thinking of something, then they should should have thought of it a bit quicker and and mm. you know drip fed the information, you know prior to announcing and putting all the flashy videos together of renew your season ticket. Apart from that, five thousand people there, uh, you know, a bit of warning would have been nice or delay delay putting them on sale, you know, off the ground, some sort of consultation. Mm. It's just a bit, it's just a bit amateur. Um, whoever's idea it may or may not be. Terence, can I continue to hijack briefly and just ask the question, do we think that the atmosphere is degrading quite rapidly? It's, it's shocking. It was it was appalling on Sunday. Um, it's been... It's not. It doesn't surprise me as a... How do I put this? When The good example is looking at Stoke. When Stoke first got promoted to the Premier League for the first few seasons, their atmosphere was incredible. It was always... It always could get very, very loud there, but now it's just become, you know, eight seasons of doing nothing really. You know, you're just sitting around in mid-table. It's the, the passion and the, 
desire is all just going to get driven out of you in that sense and um i think we're probably just suffering from the same sort of thing people are getting a wee bit comfortable or a wee bit bored of just you know being in the same sort of position every year and it's it's just not going to be the same as it always was so i'm on there's two different sides of this isn't it if it's the case that the hfr move into the back of block e um it's it's good for the atmosphere but then at the same time for the people who have sat at the back of block e since the homestyle's been open and i'm sure there's quite a few of those and people have been there for a number of years why should they have to move their seats i, d- I don't know um it's you can see both sides of the argument um we'll just have to wait and see what happens like you say we don't we don't know factually yet what's happening we, hopefully they'll surprise us all and just put rail seating in the entire lower homes now yeah and, I, and again that's something i know it's that's the it's the dream for many people isn't it but i know that that i think Again, speaking to, to a mate of mine, he, he was hoping that that would actually be the announcement rather than anything else. So, um, nah, it, you know, it is what it is. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I'm, I'm glad that the club are looking at the atmosphere and trying to see if that they can do something about it. Mm. Um, and I've seen a lot of negativity about, you know, people saying, oh, we had an atmosphere long before the HF. Yeah, we did, but, you know, they were they did something special and that, and unfortunately that has died a little bit through some of, you know, I'm sure that they would admit through some of their actions, but also, you know, through just the, the grind that the Premier League that you're talking about, Terence, it's, it, it does it to everyone. It's um, pretty depressing. Are you suggesting we've hit a glass ceiling, you know, with with regards to, you know, like sort of rewinding to what Terence was saying about Stoke, you know, you, you hit a certain level in the Premier League and it becomes, I don't know what the word is, the, the novelty wears off or... Well, you know, what... what Maybe when a glass ceiling would help the acoustics. Actually, block A and B. But when you're when you're looking at how I mean, particularly with the the focus of um, the Premier League, when you you know back in the Championship, it, I think you'll probably find there was a lot less attention on groups like the HF, and they were able to sort of grow and develop, and you know all, all that with you know with scrutiny from the authorities, but a lot less I think if you if you talk to any of the lads and witness anything that happens on a on an away day they are persecuted continuously that week in week out and that's got to wear on you and I think that's part of being in the Premier League and I think as much as you know we've got 10,000 fans that weren't with us in the championship and a lot of those are just turning up to watch a game of football and you can't have a go at them for that but you know that is a factor in in our atmosphere dying, and it's the factor in in the same happening to many many clubs. But we had the HF there to kind of protect that for us, and I think, like I say, for a variety of reasons, that's um, that's been negatively affected the longer we've been in the Premier League. And it's um, we've got to ask ourselves a question: Do we, as a fan base in general, want to fight back and try and get some degree of that atmosphere back that we all loved, or are we just going to accept things the way they are? Well, one person who'll be hoping that we do fight back and break through that glass ceiling is Luka Milivojevic. <laughs> mate, you are getting too good at these links, mate. It's like, it's like caramel oozing, oozing out of the speakers. I just, um, I find it really hard to say with a straight face, but um, he's I one. I find play- you more attractive. <laughs> he's um one player of the month by twenty votes over James Tompkins Hesketh. Um, Agree with that, or do you think that Tompkins shaded it for you? Tompkins would have been my uh, 
my choice. Um, I think they've they've both been very good, but I think considering how many defensive injuries we've had over the past few weeks, Tonks has had to play with half the squad next to him, and he's he's good all the way through. Um, I did jinx him on Saturday uh, on Sunday rather. One James Tompkins injury away from crisis. <laughs> Been in crisis for about two months, and then when he went down with his cramp, <laughs> around the year from a mate. No, yeah. no, I think that. Listen, Luca. Luca's been really good. Um, he's been a, a consistent performer, isn't he, all, all season really? But I think um, been a little hard done by with those uh, twenty votes. Yeah, because uh, I think he. I think been very very good he's gonna be really gutted that that man bet x trophy isn't on his shelf i'm sure um we trained in the snow today at Sellers park um one player and i want a quick answer before we move on from everyone only one player went out with bare legs to train who was it hambo go delaney albert uh oh uh, hennessy Heskiff. Martin Kelly. No, producers, right? William in the background. Andros Townsend. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back where Hambo is going to take us through the narrow defeat against Spurs. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, gentlemen, it's um, it's another defeat we're talking about. Starting to pick these up a little bit, aren't we? Been a while since a, since that morale-boosting win and 1-0 uh, to Spurs and obviously a very late goal from Harry Kane. Uh, we'll talk about the goal in a bit because it's uh, disappointing in a number of ways. But um, I'm not going to do a full review, but I do want to pick out a couple of things um, that were important. And I think starting with the, the debut of Aaron Wambasaka because huge positive. And it kind of starts to answer a debate we've been having on the show for the last few weeks. Um, and particularly something that we've talked about, about Hodgson's management style and whether he gives youngsters a chance. And it's a pretty good timing because Peter Emmage retweeted something from Ben Garner earlier on today that I, that I had a little read of. Um, where he was talking about, you know, you have to give youngsters a chance to know if they're going to be good enough. And it's that kind of, that catch-22. Do you give... Do you think they're good enough for a chance? Well, unless you give them a chance, you won't know, that kind of thing. Um, Bissaka, let's talk about it. Um, had a very, very good debut, I felt. A um, little bit naive sometimes, but you expect that with a guy who hasn't played in the Premier League before. But, you know, Terence, let's turn the tables on you. Um, what did you think of his, his debut? Yeah, I thought he was excellent. It, it... Like you say, positionally, he was very naive at times. He he went ball chasing a little bit, and that's understandable, especially when you're playing against a team with the quality that Spurs possess. But at the same time, I was very impressed with James McArthur as well, who seemed to be on the lookout for it during the game as well. And just whenever he went wandering about, it just slotted back in there for him and um, waited for him to come back. You know, he didn't he didn't seem overawed by the situation at any point. Um, Talking about putting jinxes on people, Heskiff, um, I did a similar thing to Basaka when um, he got into the crossing position in front of the Homesdale. And I said to everyone around me, oh, oh the boy can cross. And he just, you know, sliced it. <laughs> Deep into the Homesdale. I've got, I've got my head on the end of that one, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, for um, the size of your head, that would have cleared over the um, the Sainsbury's end, wouldn't it? Oh, you bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'm always going to be for a player um, coming from the Palace Academy. Um, it was funny today that, you know, we've loaned a player in Timothy Fossumenso who's actually younger yeah. than Bissaka, as Hodgson pointed out in the press conference today. And, um, you know, I'd much... I'd much rather see Aaron Wan-Bissaka playing for Palace than I would Timothy Fosu-Manso. And, um, you know, it will also, you're going to have a lot of Palace fans are going to feel the same way and, you know, give him the chance to, you know, make those mistakes and actually try and become a player that can be in the team on a regular basis. Well, I'll, uh, I'll take that, that question to Sam because that really is the question, isn't it? Should he be given a, a chance earlier, perhaps? And, you know, should we be looking at exactly what Terence has said, the development of one of our own? You know, not not let him get held up by developing someone from Man United because was there really that a bigger difference when you see the two of them play at right back? What do you think? Yeah, I I, I agree completely with Terence. Um, I've not been the biggest fan of Fossi Mensa this season anyway. Um, but one thing that I noticed with um, Wan Bissaka was that even though he sort of did chase the ball every now and again, he never seemed to dive in a huge amount which Fossi Mensa has a bit of a propensity to do. Um, and I think, you know, we obviously sort of 10 years ago or so, our youth team was giving us, you know, a lot of a lot of gems, Klein, Victor, Ben Watson, uh, Wilf. And we haven't really had it since. And, and it's nice that he got such a good re, you know reaction from the crowd before the game. And everyone around me was talking about him at full time as well. So, um Certainly, it's it's something to lift the crowd a bit, and it wasn't an easy game for him to come into. But I, I think he equipped himself really well, and you know, if if we see him in the team um, when we play games against those teams around us, you know, he might get a bit more license to get forward, and we can see even more of him. Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, he's he's a converted winger, so he must have a, a bit going forward. Um, but he definitely seemed to sort of. I suppose, you, you you know, given a very, very specific instruction about shape and about the type of game it was in, it was difficult for him to show that side of his game. But, um, you know, again, I hope that he gets some other opportunities and we can see a bit of, bit of confidence and see him contribute going forward as well. But, um, no, that's, 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 that's good stuff. I want to ask you, Albert, um, as well, if I might. With, um, with a player like Bissaka, can you see, I mean, again, the article I was reading, which, you know, I don't know if you saw it or not, it was about how a young player takes that first appearance and can convert it to, you know, 50, 100, 150 first team games. And it's, you know, how it's, it's, you know, the manager gives him that opportunity, but it's up to the player to kick on. Could he have done any more? And do you see him playing that number of games for Palace? Well, I certainly, you know, I certainly hope so, first and foremost. I think the, the important thing for me when you see a player like that on, you know, get his debut, it's you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb you know, in a negative sense. If you if you blend in and don't look out of place because you're doing the basics right and you know, like I say, you don't don't make any glaring errors or, you know, whatever. I think that's a I think that's a, you know, a good that's a good debut. And I saw nothing on Sunday that would make me go, Oh, I, I wouldn't start him the next game or I wouldn't give him a run. You know, certainly when there's a real injury crisis. So I think he did very well and apart from the you know the shank cross that Terence Sort of mentioned, which I'm. I wasn't going to slate him for. I mean, it's right in front of me in block E. Um, few people around me were giving it. Oh, come on, Matt! Like, you know, it's his. It's his debut. He's a young kid. 
to playing a, a, a team that are challenging for, you know, second, third place, whatever, in the Champions League. And like I say, he, he didn't stick out for any negative reasons and he was one of the better players. So all, all credit to him and I hope and, he kicks on. And in fairness, that's exactly how Joel Ward crosses as well. So Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, obviously been, you know, studying. <laughs> <laughs> That was mean, but I am still quite ill. I apologise. Uh, <laughs> You're lyrically ill. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> quite. Um, oh, I suppose. What well, the, the last little bit I really want to talk about in terms of the game is is the goal. I don't, yeah, like I say, I don't really want to dwell on it. There wasn't a huge amount. It was it was kind of attack versus defence. What else can you do when you got, you know, twelve? Well, what ended up as thirteen first team players out. Uh, we had to contain Spurs, and we did it really, really well up until the enforced change. You know, Tompkins going off with supposedly severe cramp, so hopefully it doesn't keep him out too long. And we had the combination of, um, you know, of Damo coming on in a very, very high-pressure situation um, and some pressure from Spurs. And, well, let's talk about it, Terence. I- I'm going to probably go down a route that you're expecting me to go down with the goal. Um, and talk about the goalkeeper in that position. But first and foremost, what's your analysis of, of that goal that we've conceded? Um, I think the build-up to the goal, and in terms of the the few minutes that preceded it, are really is what's caused that goal. Tottenham had so many corners in the game. I think they had 13, and most of them all seemed to be in a, a run towards those last few minutes there. And um, a few minutes before... A corner had gone into, had started out the same, but dropped a bit shorter. And Hennessy tried to come and get it and flapped at it. And um, <clears throat> thankfully, the ball was cleared. And Hennessy's been making a concerted effort to try and dominate his area a little bit more. We've seen them do it six to, you know, and varying degrees of success in recent weeks. And um, he wants to dominate, and the ball's been put in there. and he started to come for it, but the winds caught the ball. It was a very, it was a very, very swirly day, and the ball was flying around. So he's made the right move to try and come for it initially because he wants to command his area. He's made the right decision to then step back into his goal. But what's undone him is that stepping back into his goal and stepping across, he's taken that extra step, and as he's turned around, you know, Delaney's got caught under the ball. When, I say caught under the ball, not even watching the ball. He's just got completely turned around by Kane. And Hennessy's taken one step away from the ball. So his hand is he's in, a, in between positions of diving and being able to catch it. And his hand's just sort of done nothing with it. And, you know, historically speaking, because we, you know, he gets called chocolate wrists a lot. <laughs> it's, um, it's easy to see why he's been slated off. But I really, I, I really think it's harsh. I, re- I really don't think it's a goalkeeping error. I just think it's... It's an unfortunate series of events where you've got swirling winds. We've had a build-up of pressure. We've got a new centre-back trying to defend against a guy. And at the end of the day, it is a point-blank range header, effectively. And there's only so much you can do when the ball is headed back across goal, um, even if you do get contact on it. So I think it was a bit harsh on Wayne. I think, to be honest with you, I'm going to probably surprise you and agree with you totally. Um, I think it looks really, really bad for Wayne because... As you've and you've given the reasons why, but he's not set for the shot at all. Yeah. So for the header, to be fair, uh, it's not that powerful a header. And unfortunately, all he actually succeeds in doing with the aforementioned kick out fingers is to divert it away from it being headed off the line. 
So it look it looks terrible for him. It really does. But he had a fantastic game. He made two superb stops, kept yeah. us in it. And as you say, Terence, he's gone from he's quite clearly being coached to be more dominant. So I actually wanted to take an opportunity to to sort of hold my hands up and say, look, you know, actually, I'm, I'm, for once, I'm not going to blame Wayne for a goal that we conceded. I, I feel <laughs> that it looks bad for him, but on this occasion, yeah. I think he's done, like you say, Terence, he's made the right choices. Unfortunately, um, Damien Delaney didn't. Uh, Ed, but before I go into to that, Sam, you know, is, is, is that analysis, you know, is that something you agree with or would you would you pick fault there with, with Wayne? Um, I, I think it's... Yeah, I mean, I think Wayne maybe is a little at fault, but it's a shame because, you know, again, as, as with Fossey Mentor, I'm not Wayne's biggest fan by any means. But I do think he, he had quite a good game um, leading up to that, made two great saves. Um, but I, I'm more worried about, we seem to not mark the far post a lot. Um, you know, if you think back to the, the Newcastle game, their goal came from someone who was just completely on his own at the back. Um, and all right, Harry Kane for Tottenham is arguably the best striker in the league. But, you know, I, I don't think he did a great deal to make space. I think we, whether it was, you know, us having replaced uh, Tompkins or, you know, people not knowing who they were supposed to be picking up, I don't know. But it doesn't look great when he seems to have so much time to get that header in on goal. Um, at least if you're putting pressure on him, making him have to do something, you can hold your hands up there. But, um, I just get very worried when we concede corners at the moment. And unfortunately, our, our sort of good work in, in keeping Tottenham out for 88-odd minutes was uh, shot down with that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, exactly. I, I would say that was sort of my main concern about the goal, but also is is a more general concern um, for, for the season ahead. I think, with you know, we, we've certainly obviously got a weakened defence. We know that. We don't look completely comfortable uh, at any set pieces at all, I don't think. But um, I think, you know, what I, what I would focus on there is it's such a soft goal to actually, you know, for, for 88 minutes of concerted effort to lose it on that goal is it's just, just a sucker punch. It feels it feels really, really bad to do that. But, um, Albert, last question. I want to I kind of flip that. Around we're looking at defence. We've we've said that we've gone out with the players we've had and gone attack versus defence and tried to hold out for a point. My only question is, could we have done any more as an attacking force? You know, we've got Townsend out there. We've got you know Serloff who's playing left side, coming central when he can. We've got Benteke at the top, and you've got but you've got a very very deep midfield. You know, did we do enough, or could we have done more? Uh, that's a that's a good question. I think seeing Vertonghen and Alderweireld out uh, when the lineups were announced gave you know a sort of a, a a spark of hope. And seeing we were starting with Benteke and Serloff, even though the latter was stuck out wide for most of the game. Looking back at it, I, I'm not sure we could have done a lot more. To be honest, we I think we're crying out. Uh, you know, it sounds like I'm stating the obvious, but you know we were crying out for someone who can just carry the ball 15, 20 yards up the pitch, and that's obviously. Um, Wilf Zaha's job, and uh, we were, I think we were just crying out for that. So we were so deep and didn't really have an outlet. End up pumping it long. Christian Benteke gets slated for not winning headers that are you know twenty yards away from him, things like that. Um, I don't know. I don't think we could have, to be honest. I mean, Spurs and certainly Harry Kane, they missed some some really guilt edge chances that you you know you put your mortgage on Harry Kane scoring. So 
trying to be nice about it to get as far as we did nil nil. I think we were quite lucky, but then you like I say, you look at the quality of the goal that we conceded and the defending, and I still I still think there is a bit of a question mark over Wayne Hennessy's part in that. It's not completely his his fault, but to 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 lose out to a soft goal in the 89th minute, it's it's gutting whatever's gone before it, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, you put put in all that work and. You know, effectively, the result was the same as if you hadn't bothered. So it's extremely frustrating. Um, our, our, so, goal di- our goal difference didn't take a battering. I think that's really important because that can be worth a point come the end of the year. No, very good point. That's it. Shit, that's, that is. Um, and obviously, we're going into uh, into the Man United game, and it's going to be a very, very similar story, I would guess. But we'll be previewing that in just a moment. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Right, yes. Um, you know, with the with the Spurs preview this week, um, in order for this podcast not to be four hours long, um, <laughs> uh, it's pretty much the same story, but we've got Kelly and Schlupp returning to the lineup. So um, we'll start with you, Heskiff. Wan-Bissaka obviously played right back. Um, with Kelly and Schlupp returning, um, do you, do you see him keeping his place in the team or do you think that Kelly comes in or maybe we do a combination of Schlupp and Patrick van Arnholt playing either left-back or right-back? What, what do you think the situation is going to be there? Um, well, Fossey mentioned he can't play because of the loan. Is that right? Correct. So, I, if he's fit, probably put Kelly in at centre-half and, yeah, keep Wan-Bissaka at right-back. Uh, I think the only, the only person I'd play at right back ahead of him is Ward if he was fit, but it sounds like he ain't going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've made your debut against Tottenham and you've looked quite good, then you know I don't see the the problem with keeping him against Man United, to be honest. Yeah, Hambo, do you think um, with Schlupp returning uh, and with Zaha out, uh, you were talking up before to um, Albert about our problems are not attacking Spurs. And I think in recent years, when we've performed well against Spurs, they've struggled against pace. And I think that was lacking from our game. Um, because, you know, <laughs> as Zaha said on that infamous Sky interview, uh, Townsend, Townsend flatters the deceiver of his pace these days. He just moves <laughs> his arms fast. Um, do you think adding either Schlupp or Patrick van Arnold into left midfield with the other one behind them will give us a bit more needed pace going forward? I think definitely an option. Um and you, you've got to say, realistically, we're going to be playing on the break for any kind of opportunity we can get. And your job is made a hell of a lot easier with a bit of pace when you're playing on the break. Um, it was what was missing against Spurs. You, you, you got the nail, hit the nail on the head, really. Um, having said that, a lot depends on just how Schlupp recovers, how fit he is to play, um, whether or not he just makes um, you know makes us a, an option from the bench. I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, but then it introduces an interesting decision around, you know, where Alexander Serloff plays, um, you know, or whether he drops out. Yeah, certainly does. I mean, he had a, we, I guess we didn't really touch on him in the Spurs thing. Uh, let's let's talk him a bit about him now. Albert, that would have been the first time you saw him live. What did you think of Serloff's performance against Spurs? And um, are you happy, um, well, I suppose going forward, do you think that he can do a job for the team? I certainly don't. Again, based on very, very little experience of you know seeing him because he only played two games, I certainly don't fancy him as a wide man. Let's put it that way. Um, couple of couple of dodgy touches, couple of really sloppy passes. Again, I'm not the type that's going to write him off at this early stage, but you know he's a big he's a big lad, so 
for God's sake, get him up top and start pumping some balls at him, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> That's what she said. We we um and then I th- with Schlupp returning, let's move back to the left backs. With Schlupp returning, Patrick Van Arnholt has probably I don't know if you agree with this Hambo, is probably having his best run as a Palace player. I think um he was a bit ropey at points in uh <laughs> in the game against Spurs, but I think this comes from Weirdly, did you see when cause Spurs always took an extra man over for a short corner, which Patrick Van Arnholt, regardless of side, was over there to defend against. And um, he got very confused about where he was on the field when he had to go and do it on the right-back side. Yeah. Um, but Sch- Schlapp or Van Arnholt, who do you think is the better left-back? Oh, look, I, I would go Jeff Schlapp every time, right? And, and, and PVA, you're absolutely spot on, right? Playing, playing some of his best football for Palace particularly going forward. And we all remember his, his performance against Newcastle was superb. We kind of thought, oh, hang on, you know, he's turned a corner here. However, you know, I've never got so angry with a player in my life, ever, just in general, because there are moments where he breaks forward into the box. You're like, oh, brilliant. You, you've, you've made the extra extra player in there and he's nearly created something or he'd had a little bit of a shot that's been blocked or whatever. And he just strolls back. <laughs> just like, you know, there's a break against us and he's kind of got his hands on his hips just watching it. And then, oh, I better have a little bit of a jog back to my position there. And I don't get it. I don't understand. He's kind of like, well, someone's going to cover for me. So there's no point in me running back. Get your ass back. Well, me, you know? Susan, who stands next to me at Palace, we was talking about this in the game against Spurs. We were saying that he's like, a hipster left back and um, <laughs> he has a sort of art house view on defending and that uh, he, he considers it optional and, <laughs> um, uh, and he has a, he has a new way of doing it. And um, are you even a left back if you're not Patrick Van Arnold? <laughs> 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 but um, this is what I was talking about. The reason why I sort of suggest if you take, put him on the left wing while we're struggling with injuries and take away that defensive responsibility out of his game, stick Serlot and Benteke up front and just focus on Townsend and Van Arnholt getting crosses into the box. You know, as you said, uh, Albert, that's that's where you want him. Throw sort of pumps and balls at the big guys. Well, it is Monday night, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be... I don't know if it's... I don't know how fair it is to throw Jeff, Jeff Schlupp straight in against United where he could be facing any number of Sanchez... Marshall, Rashford, Lukaku, you know, it's, um, but it's desperate times and we're light on bodies. So if, if come Monday night, you've got Schlupp at left back, Patrick Van Arnold out wide, you know, I'm not going to be uh, ripping up my season ticket. <laughs> I won't be renewing it either because I can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Heskiff, uh, where are you standing? Do you think it's stick with a four four two against side like United, or you plug in the midfield up a bit more? Um, well, first, uh, just to quickly touch on Patrick Van Aanholt, he did wind up Deli Alley really well no, he, at the end of the game. So uh, point well made. I think he deserves a round of applause and maybe a medal for that alone. Um, <laughs> it's, it's tough when you think about how we how we're going to set up to play. Um, because if if you go a bit if if you don't pack out the midfield uh, and you know you concede fairly early, which I think is what happened at Arsenal away, um, where I said in the preview pod that I thought we should pack out the midfield and was proven correct. 
So just you can all take note. Although I did also say we lose. Um, but no, I think if you if you pack out the midfield, we'll probably, you know, it won't make a spectacle of the game, and we, we'll probably be just camped in our half for quite a bit. And like like we've mentioned before, without Wolves' pace, it does become tougher to get out of that sort of zone and that rut. But at the same time, if if we do go a little bit cavalier, even relatively speaking. I think they'll, you know, they'll just pick us off. So my gut instinct is to, yeah, just swamp the midfield a bit and hope for the best um, and hope that Benteke can sort of hold the ball up a bit a bit more and bring people into the game um, rather than us lumping it and hoping for the best. And that's not, you know, that's not to start another Benteke debate. <laughs> I, th- I think you know, we, we can't just hoof it up the wing and, and hope the winger gets it because we don't really have a super pacey winger so yeah. whether it's Benteke or Sola up front if if we can have them holding it up a bit a bit more mm. then that will help us but I, I would still pack out the midfield yeah, I thought against Spurs we there was definitely a concerted effort and we nearly got ourselves into trouble doing it trying to play out from the back there was I don't think there was any I don't say any points there were some points where we just lumped it long but many a time we tried to do a few short sharp passes to try and play our way out of it and get it into Benteke and Sola into positions where they could hold it up so Hodgson's definitely I think aware of that especially with a lack of pace going forward so um, it's just not getting caught in in and around those areas where we nearly did in the weekend against Spurs Um, I think we're going to finish it there because we are running long, guys. Um, we'll take a short break and then we're going to be back with... We're going to hear what Dave's been moaning about. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Heskiff, Dave Moan, what's it been this week? Dave's main concern this week is kickoff times um, <laughs> and days. So at the moment, whilst we're recording, there's a, a game between Arsenal and Man City on. Which yeah, I didn't well, know. Some, some say it's a game. Um... <laughs> a kick, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a kickabout in front of a couple of people at the moment. <laughs> um, but I didn't even know the game was on until uh, I turned on the telly and saw it. Um, and, and Dave, to, to take it back to my miserable mate, uh, he's just he's had to miss a lot of games. You know, he can't do Chelsea away because it got moved to the evening. He couldn't do Tottenham because that got moved back to the Sunday. Um, but he he did have a little ray of sunshine 
um, this this afternoon when I spoke to him, when he said that not only would he get a lot of three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday when we get relegated, <laughs> um, but that he can, in fact, renew his season ticket because he sits um, in the main stand. And the winnings that he'll get from betting on Palace to go down will pay for that season ticket. <laughs> So actually, it was, it was quite an upbeat week for for Dave. Um, I don't know if if the snow has made him stuck, you know, left him stuck at home, and he's got cabin fever and gone a bit doolally. But um, yeah, he he's looking forward to life in in the in the big leagues, and by big leagues, I mean the championship. Well, there you go. I, d- I don't think I can add anything to that. So um, we'll take a short break. And then after that, we'll be back with everyone's predictions. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm still laughing at the segment before. <laughs> Excellent stuff. From Dave. Um, right. Predictions. Uh, Albert. You, me, and Heskiff, we all predicted losses um, last week. Neither of, None of us got the score right, though. Um, but how about you predicted a win for us, a 2-0 win? What, what was that, that all about? That's scandalous. There, is pe- there are people changing my predictions each week. I swear <laughs> to God. I, I looked at it this week. I was absolutely fuming. I was like, I predicted a Spurs win at the very least. So why am I, why am I on naught points again this week? What's happened? And It 100% said 2-0. 100 percent i even as i said i even said it on the podcast last week hambo the lunatics predicted a win someone is did you not listen to the podcast last week i've been ill mate been ill that's what it was not working yeah they weren't i can't can't put any audio in my ears he said well how did you hear him say that Uh, that was the last bit of audio i was allowed to hear oh i see (laughs) hands over your head ears and after that that, it was all on cards that you Right, gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, but no, if Terence needs to feel good about himself by changing my scores each week, that's fine, mate. What have I predicted this week? <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't looked. No, we'll need you're, you're on the you're on the show. You're going to make the prediction shortly. Um, and let's just clarify: there's only one person who changes predictions when they're not supposed to be changing them, and that is Nick Gussett, who changed it in the 82nd minute when we were losing 1-0 at Newcastle from 0-0 to 1-0 to Newcastle. Um, but he was caught red-handed doing that. So, um, I mean, to be to be fair, I think he's just been banished to FYP, if I'm honest. But um... <laughs> uh, Right, uh, we've had a few predictions in. Let's just pick a couple out. Andy Kay has gone 0-0, nada, not a shot for either side. Dolesville, USA, please. I think we'll all take that. And Nathan Counseling, 1-0 Palace, Sir Lot Header. Um, so a little bit of optimism there. Uh, Albert, show Hambo how it's done. What's it going to be this week? Uh, well, just just a practice for being on the actual radio next week. I'm sure we'll, we'll plug that at the end of the show. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my father-in-law who turns 65 tomorrow. And he is the most pessimistic, miserable, scared United fan you could ever meet. And even he's predicted a 2-1 win. So I I can't. You know, I'm not just trying to score points with father-in-law, but I can't, I can't disagree with that. To be honest, I think it's going to be two-one United. Mm. Uh, Billiam, I think in our chat here has just said two-one as well. But yeah, two-one Palace. Sola on Luca. Um, clearly, he's been drinking the gins again tonight. Um, Heskiff, what are you going for? Um, well, we we haven't beaten them since. Uh, we've been promoted in the league. Is that right? I think we've maybe got a draw, a couple of draws. Um, obviously, 
none of that makes any difference. We're going to lose 2 0. <laughs> Excellent. And Hambo, here's, here's a chance for everyone to hear exactly what you're saying so you can't accuse anyone wrongly of changing it. No, that's fine. Um, although, of course, this could be edited. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll know it was Billiam all along. Exactly. Um, I'll be honest, I can't see us scoring a goal. Um, I think we'll lose three now. <gasps> oh. Oh. Um, yeah, I'd, uh, personally, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think it'll be similar to Spurs, really. I think we're going to plug it up. But then, you know, I say similar to Spurs. Spurs could have easily ended 6-0 to the visitors. Um, yeah, I think we'll plug it up and try and keep it tight and won't give them much space to play in. But they have seemed to have had a knack this season. Uh, United are scoring goals from long range. You never know. But I'm going to optimistically say 0-1. Uh, <laughs> and look, let's be honest, we all know who's going to score, don't we? It's going to be Jesse Lingard just... just... Oh. Just, oh God! Just because, just to make things that little bit worse. Um, right, we're going to go to a short break, and then we'll be back to close out the show. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Right, Hambo, we'll we'll start with what's what's going on with the review show next week. What's the deal? Is it happening Tuesday? What's 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 happening? Yeah, I think the plan is to, to do a pod only on the Tuesday. Um, what with the game being on a Monday night, it just seems the best option. Um, you know, a bit of a shame we can't do anything live. However, that leads me neatly on to the fact that on Thursday the 8th of March, we begin uh, a two-hour-long show, 7 till 9pm, on a new digital London radio show, Love Sports Radio. Um Google was your friend for that, um, but we'll be posting links, of course. Uh, it be myself and Albert on the first show. Did you just say it's two hours? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got to come up with a show plan. <laughs> is there any music? Uh, yeah, there is, yeah. There's music. Oh, there's the potential phone-ins, uh, and there'll be some other guy there helping us out, apparently. One of these professional types. Yeah, one of these professional types, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see how, how long they last. You know, <laughs> doesn't Sam Boyle work there? There's no professionals, surely. <laughs> Former producer Sam, yeah. He, uh, he's, um, oh, I don't know if we're supposed to say that. We might have to edit that out. Can you bleep oh. that, William? Because I don't know if he's announced that he's working there yet. Yeah, bleep the name. Uh, just, just leave like the oil on the end or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> that's what she said. Actually, no, no. I'll tell, I'll tell a lie. He has tweeted about it, so I'm fairly certain. Yeah, and that would be, we'd be all right. Yeah. Just goes to show, Billy, and put the hours in, mate. You could end up at an actual radio station. Yeah. <laughs> but still listening to me and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, that that you know, in terms of live content, you know, we're we're pretty excited about what that what that will bring. Um, and pretty uh, well, you know, if it if it goes into next season, that might actually be the sort of the dominant live stuff that we do. We might, um, yeah, but but we'll see how it goes. Watch this space. Do join in and, and listen and get your comments in and calls in if we're uh, if if the phone lines are open, all that sort of stuff. Get involved with it and, and help us make it a success because um, it'll be nice. You'll be able to hear us live. We won't be blaming Skype for shutting people off and all that kind of thing. It should sound good and professional. Mm. 
Oh, wow, goodness. he's like an aged grandparent. I asked him one question about something else, and he went off for ten minutes about something else. Um, thanks for that, mate. <laughs> no, obviously, <laughs> no worries. Good advert for the two-hour live show next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, good. Um, get listening to that. Uh, obviously, just check out all of our socials. All the information will be there, and it will be plugged every week. So um, you'll have reminders, and um, of course, it can only be good to get some. Good exposure out there for Crystal Palace for some proper fans. You know what I mean? Not these nonsense people that don't actually ever watch Palace yet to talk about them on as experts and uh, paid by the BBC. Um, <laughs> um, did I say BBC? I didn't mean that. Um, look, thanks to um, Billion for producing in the background. You're a star, mate, as always, every week. Um, Peskiff, Albert, the, the threesome is going to break up next week but not because you are on the live radio show deserting us there will there's going to be no show next week um with the uh with we're going to leave the focus onto the live show next week nothing to do with the fact that i'm at a gig and can't do it <laughs> <laughs> and you know albert's on the show and he'd normally cover me so we'll, we'll we'll just take a break next week and then come back for the chelsea game um and give you all a chance to you know, we'll inevitably lose to Man United. Then, because we haven't done a preview show, we'll beat Chelsea, and then everybody can talk about the jinx of the preview show again. And um, <laughs> we'll, we'll start back from there. So, um, until two weeks' time, up the Palace. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.